Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring excerpts from I Love a Mystery. Plus, Bing Crosby, Jack Benny, Mary Livingston, Andy Russell, Dick Hames, and our in-person guest, historian of old-time radio, author Jim Harmon. In the many years that the golden days of radio has been on the American Forces Radio and Television Service, we've had lots of guests, but I don't believe we've ever had a guest that has as much knowledge of radio as Mr. Jim Harmon. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Frank. Uh, I'm glad to be here. You do, you've done a couple of books on, on radio, and you had your own radio program, and you've been a collector for almost 200 years. Well, I think I know uh, as much about it as uh, most people interested in this sort of thing, and I, I love the uh, field. I grew up with it, and I just uh, didn't want to part with it when uh, the networks decided that all this drama and comedy should go off radio and onto television. Yeah, well, you brought it back. Now, in 1967, you wrote a book called The Great Radio Heroes that Doubleday published, and uh, it's I know it's quite a successful book, and in this book, you've got... Uh, Many of our favorites. Well, uh, yes, I've got uh, Jack Armstrong, Tom Mix, I Love a Mystery, Maul Perkins, and First Nighter, and I went in a little bit into the comedy shows like uh, uh, Jack Benny and Fred Allen, but uh, not too much in that particular book. It's also out in an ace paperback. <laughs> well, that's good to know. What was the first um, uh, first radio hero for the kids? Was, was Jack Armstrong the first no, one? No, the very first one of... You know, you can trace these things back to uh, uh, to infinity, but uh, the first one of any uh, note uh, was uh, Little Orphan Annie, which started in 1930, mm-hmm. and it was the first uh, children's serial on uh, network radio, and it was followed uh, by uh, Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers was the second uh, children's radio serial. Were they both sponsored when they went on the air? Yeah, the Ovaltine sponsored Little Orphan Annie, and its direct competitor, Coco Malt, sponsored Buck Rogers, and that was the second one on the air. And I think the third one was uh, Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. and uh, Don Winslow, and then Jack Armstrong. Jack Armstrong started in uh, 33, mm-hmm. and uh, same year Tom Mix started. And all those shows with little brief hiatuses and changes in format and so forth, lasted all through the golden era of radio, except Don Winslow, it went off. Where did uh, Jimmy Allen fit into that lineup? Jimmy Allen started in 1935, and it was a syndicated show. It wasn't on the network, so uh-huh. it was on in certain regions of the country. And uh, it was actually, they only did about three years of Jimmy Allen, but they kept replaying those transcriptions over and over again, way into the 50s. Uh-huh. And in the 50s, they they played these old transcriptions from 1936, which uh, have very poor sound effects. You know, they start up an airplane motor, and it sounds like a washing machine starting up. That's because they used a washing machine motor for the airplane motor in the studio. <laughs> uh, but uh, along in the 50s, uh, just before radio went out, about 1950, they decided to redo those transcriptions. So there is a new series repeating the scripts with... You know, some modification of Jimmy Allen in the 1950s, but 
it had a long run when you consider all the reruns and the remakes and everything. Another show that was very popular for kids was Tom Mix. Now, that, that was the only real hero that was ever on radio. Right, and he was a real hero, you know. All those things you read about in, in the little Ralston premiums, you know, uh, they're true. Tom Mix was a United States Marshal. He was a sheriff. He was a Texas Ranger. He... Uh, he fought in every war that was available during his lifetime about. You know, he was just an adventurer. He's looking for excitement. Tom Mix passed away. He was killed in an automobile accident, if I remember, 1940. Right, and the show but, didn't miss a beat. They had an announcement that, uh, you know, although Tom Mix has gone to the great uh, ranch house in the sky, the uh, you know, his his fame and will, you know, live on forever. So the show continued and it went on for another ten years. Until about 1950. Right, when, you know, television was driving everything off, uh -huh. radio. There was one program that everyone talks about. I don't know uh, how many people uh, listened to it or, or ever heard it, but if all the people that say it was their favorite program were laid end to end, I think you'd have more people that are on Earth. The program I'm talking about is I Love a Mystery. Everybody remembers I Love a Mystery. It was, uh, it was probably the only adventure serial that was written as well as a good novel. Well, I think I Love a Mystery had something that a lot of the other shows lacked. It had style, and great style. Right. Uh, Carlton E. Morris, who wrote that uh, program, uh, really made three characters that were believable. Right. They and, were real uh, people. That was, uh, what, Jack, Doc... And Reggie. And Reggie. And uh, it, went, it first went on the air in the, uh, what? 1939, it started mm -hmm. as a regional program. It was only on the West Coast for several months, and it was a 15-minute serial, uh, five days a week. Then it went to nighttime radio, uh, one half hour a week on the whole NBC network. Mm -hmm. Well, we've, you've brought along an, an excerpt from 1939. Very, very early episode, when it was still a 15-minute daily serial with the original cast. I, I would like to mention that the original cast, Michael Rifetto, Barton Yarborough, and Walter Patterson, were not only act not only the actors that played the parts, but Morris based the characters of Jack, Doc, and Reggie on these real people that he knew as his good friends. Uh -huh. So in a way, they were just being themselves, playing the, the parts. Well, of perhaps themselves. that's part of the success of the program, right? What is this episode called? Well, this is an episode from the f I think uh, the most famous and, and best liked story they ever did, called the Temple of Vampires. And this is an episode near the end with the original cast. All right, from 1939, here's I Love a Mystery. The makers of Fleischmann's High Vitamin Yeast present I Love a Mystery. Carlton Morse Adventure Thriller. Six o'clock in the evening at the crippled airplane somewhere in the jungles near a tropical lake. After a second night of mystery and terror, the three comrades, Jack, Doc, and Reggie, are together again with the girl, Sonny, and the youngster, Hermie. During the night, an earthquake shook the Temple of Vampires so that a portion of the great roof tumbled in. Reggie freed the two captives, Manuel and Angelina, and rushed Sonny and Hermie from the temple, fearing all would be crushed in the debris. 
Then at four o'clock this morning, just after the three had been rejoined by Jack and Doc on the steps of the temple, a second earthquake set the earth to rocking and the temple to shaking. And as the five fled down the jungle path to the lake, the great cathedral crumbled and tumbled in on itself, burying everything which remained inside beneath millions of tons of stone and debris. And now at six o'clock in the evening of the same day, the three comrades, the girl and the little boy, are resting on the ground near the airplane. I would say this was a day for celebration. Well, you ain't kidding there, Red. Manual. Manual itself. You fellas got your guns? You bet you. Well, keep them handy. Looks like we're going to have to shoot ourselves a high priest yet before we get done with this thing. That's exciting. Uh, about 11 years later... When I Love a Mystery went back on the air, they repeated some of the episodes. Right. It went, uh, the original series went from uh, 1939 uh, to uh, 1945 with a few changes in format and so forth. And uh, then there was a brief series called I Love Adventure in which uh, Morris uh, tried, uh, you know, Jack, Doc, and Reggie in complete stories. They ran a half hour each week. But that wasn't his style. It wasn't the style of the show, and it just didn't work. And in 1949, a mutual asked him to do the show again. Now, by this time, Morris was very busy in television. He was doing a TV series of uh, One Man's Family, and he didn't have time to you know, write new scripts. So he repeated the entire series, or at least the, the whole series on Mutual was repeats. It didn't run as long as the original, so he didn't repeat every story he did. Now, what we're going to hear now is, is, is the, the same, same episode uh, 11, 11 years, years later. later with a new cast. And who is in the cast now? Well, the original cast, uh, Michael Raffetto, uh, Barton Yarborough, and Walter Patterson weren't used in New York because, well, in two cases, they were based back in Hollywood. In the third case, Walter Patterson had passed on. But uh, at this time, uh, Raffetto and Yarborough were working out of Hollywood, and Morse was in New York to do the TV series of One Man's Family in New York, where all, in those early days, all uh, network television came from New York. So he had to get New York actors, and he got uh, two uh, very well-known New York actors, Russell Thorson, who in earlier years had played Tom Mix mm -hmm. on, uh, on radio, and uh, he played, uh, Russell Thorson played Jack, and uh, Jim Bowles, who did just about every Western character in New York. He did Doc and did it very well. It sounded a great deal like the original uh, Barton Yarborough. And for the third uh, part, Reggie York, they, they had a, uh, a new kid. He was just breaking into radio then, and, and he tried out for the part of Doc because he originally came from Oklahoma, and he thought he could do that accent again. But somehow, after you know traveling around the world, he just didn't have that Oklahoma-Texas region accent anymore. And uh, while he didn't get Doc, they, they gave him the part of Reggie. And uh, that young man was Tony Randall, mm -hmm. who has done other things since. A lot of other things since. And uh, who else was, uh, was in the cast when they originated in New York? Well, uh, Mercedes McCambridge, was, uh, she played just about all the, the feminine leads in the, uh, in the early years of the Repeat series. She'd also done a lot of the uh, roles in the original uh, Hollywood series, too. She had moved from from Hollywood to New York, so she was available for the uh, repeat series. Now we're going to hear the basically the same episode 11 years later. This is uh, I Love a Mystery in 1950. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery. Oh. 
Marvelous adventure thriller, Temple of Vampires. Six o'clock in the evening at the crippled airplane somewhere in the jungles near tropical Nicaragua. If you ask me, this is a day for a celebration. Yeah, sure enough, got an idea there, Reg. Why do you say that? Hasn't Reggie told you? No. What is it? Why, he's been a tinkering with the undercarriage of the plane and got it in shape for a takeoff. No. Really, Reggie? Well, it will be ready by the middle of the morning tomorrow. Oh, golly, that's wonderful. You mean we're going to fly away from here tomorrow? Doggone if we ain't, Hermie. <laughs> Jack, look there. What's that? Look who's coming out of the jungle. Where? What doggone? Manuel. Manuel himself. You fellas got your guns? Right here in my hand. Well, keep them that way. It looks like we're going to have to shoot ourselves a high priest yet before we're done with this thing. Now you've got me hung. I want to know what happens to the... Do you have the rest of the I Love a Mystery Adventures? Yeah, I have the rest of that particular one anyway. Good. I've, I've got to hear it. I've got to hear it. Jim, last year you wrote a book called The Great Radio Comedians, which was a sequel to The Great Radio Heroes, and in that you've got almost everybody mentioned, Jack Benny and Fred Allen and Fibber and Molly and Amos and Andy and Henry Morgan and uh, on and on and on. Right. And uh, a lot of people ask me which, my, which is my favorite comedian, and, uh, well, I have to say Jack Benny. I understand that all the serious critics of the world say that Fred Allen was the greatest radio comedian, but I was I was just a dumb kid back then. I didn't appreciate all this um, great uh, subtlety, I suppose, and and sophistication that uh, perhaps uh, Fred Allen had. I, well, I just Fred Allen was a humorist more than a than a comedian. Uh, Fred Allen was brilliant and was a brilliant writer, and uh, his comedy on radio was excellent. Except I don't think he had the warmth. That's exactly or that the, the charm word that, I was that Benny had. The warmth and, and charm of Benny. Uh, that's uh, that's exactly the words in my mind. And uh, so he was my favorite. Jack Benny was very, very believable. Now, you brought along a clip of one of the funniest sequences that Benny ever did. Now, And as a matter of fact, Jack Benny says, of all the gags he ever did, this is the funniest. This, he feels, got the long, has the longest laugh. Well, I think I might as well level about this. Uh, because it, on this particular program, it doesn't get that thunderous a laugh. What this is, I don't have the very first broadcast of it. Uh, and at that time, it got, I, I think, uh, the laughter is supposed to have gone a full minute, 60 seconds, which is, you know, one of the biggest laughs in, in radio. Mm -hmm. uh, it was so, it, it got so much comment that the next week they repeated it, reprised it like a, they would do a serial. And uh, and it gets a very big laugh, even though the audience must have known what was coming. This is Jack Benny from April 4th, 1948. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. gentlemen, as most of you know, last week Jack Benny visited the Ronald Coleman's and he persuaded Ronnie to lend him his Academy Award Oscar. As Jack left the Coleman house, the following incident happened. Gee, it was awfully nice of Ronnie to let me take his Oscar home so I could show it to Rochester. Hmm, sure is dark tonight. No moon. Oh, well. 
Jack Benny's very funny. He's been around for a long time. As a matter of fact, strange as it may seem, he has been on television now for 21 years. And uh, he was in radio for, I guess, a dozen years before that. When did he start in radio? He had his first regular series in uh, 1932, but he'd been a guest on uh, Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan goes way back. Ed Sullivan had a show in 1930, and Benny was a, a guest as far back as that. But mm -hmm. his first uh, regular series was in 32, and he had a lot of sponsors. He worked for General Tires, uh, Canada Dry, and uh, other things before he did Jello. That's the most famous one. Yeah, his opening line was Jello again. This is Jack Benny. Right, but it, that wasn't his first. Took sponsor. me years before I figured out what he was saying. Oh, you just thought he had a speech impediment. I didn't know what it was. Uh, when he was doing his program, his radio show, he always had lots of guest stars. Oh yes, uh, well, uh, one uh, show that uh, we have coming up here, he had um, three guest stars. Uh, he had uh, Andy Russell, Dick Hames, and uh, Bing Crosby. And they were joining Dennis Day to form a new quartet for his show because he got miffed at the sportsman, according to the script, and he was going to fire them, and he was hiring this new quartet of uh, rather well-known uh, singers. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a line in here that, that Bing says, too, something that was not said on radio in no, those days. No, it, it caused a lot of comment, like the uh, uh, your money or your life uh, uh, joke. It was one of the... Uh, things that people talked about, and uh, I suppose we might as well let the listeners hear for themselves what he says. All right, from 1947, here's uh, Bing Crosby with Andy Russell, Dick Ames, with Jack Benny. Now, Don, what about the quartet you say you've got? Dennis is here. Where are the other three fellows? Well, Jack, they ought to be here any minute. In fact, here comes one now, Andy Russell. Andy Russell! <laughs> Andy, I can't believe this. I mean, do you want to be in my quartet? Why, sure, Jack, if it'll help you out. Gee, this is wonderful. Dennis, this is Andy. Where's Amos? <laughs> it's not the Andy and Amos and Andy. This is Russell. Not that Russell. <laughs> now, Andy, I'm thrilled with having you in my quartet. But so oh, hold it, Jack, hold it. Here comes another member of the quartet. Dick Hame. Dick Hame. Dick, I haven't seen you since you were on my show three years ago. Oh, I know, Jack. It's nice to be with you again. Well, thanks, thanks. But tell me, Dick, why are you wearing those dark glasses? Well, Andy Russell might smile, and I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, the teeth. Mary, Mary, you remember, uh, you remember Dick Hames, don't you? <laughs> Mary! <laughs> well, Dick, I'm certainly thrilled having you as a member of the quartet. Hold it, Jack, hold it. Here comes another member of the quartet. Bing Crosby! Yeah!
Bing Crosby. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, L-S-M-S the key. Bing Crosby, I can't get over it. You were expecting maybe a transcription. I know that you're all good singers individually, and Dennis has been with me a long time, but do you think you can all give me what I want as a quartet? Um. <laughs> Wait a minute, fellas. That's your idea of a quartet. You're starting off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Don't worry, Jack. Don't worry. They're just warming up. Okay, fellas, let's have it. I'll be loving you always With a love that's true always That was Jack Benny in 1947, and this is Frank Brzee in 1977, or whatever year it is, along with Jim Harmon. And Jim, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Golden Days of Radio and bringing along these delightful excerpts. Well, I'm uh, glad you had me here. I enjoyed listening to them again. You've done a couple of great books, The Great Radio Comedians and The Great Radio Heroes, and uh, I don't know, what are you going to do next? Well, I have a book completed, but it's not uh, in the bookstores yet. It's a book on the movie serials, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, uh, The Lone Ranger, and so forth, in the movies instead of on the radio. And uh, I'm beginning a book on early television. Uh Well, I'll tell you, when these books are published, would you come back and we'll run movie serials for a half hour on the golden days of radio. That'll surprise everybody. We'll have color radio. Well, that sounds like a great idea, Frank. (laughs) Jim Harmon, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Frank. That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.